Hello and good morning, everyone. Welcome to today's brand new episode of Breakfast with Boom. I am your host, Mr. Boomstick XL, and we have one heck of a show ready for you today. We have a couple of uh, very, very incredible guests, but we're going to be talking about really some some you know hot off the presses topics. We're going to be talking about of course Resident Evil Village. We're going to give a review roundup and give our early impressions of the game. I played about an hour and 30 minutes so far. I'm quite enjoying it. It is very Resident Evil 7. Uh, and if you loved Resident 7, I think you're definitely going to dig this. Of course, we're going to be talking about the big rumor that came out of The Verge from Jeff Grubgrub. Obviously, he was a good friend of the show. He was on a couple of weeks ago on Primetime Gaming. He put out a, uh, a rumor or he brought a rumor to light that a lot of people were, con you know, we were all thinking it. And it has basically been confirmed that the coalition is, in fact, working on a new IP. We're going to be breaking that down along with some new Bioshock information. That's right. Bioshock 4 is a thing. It's in active development. But it may not be the Bioshock that you remember. We'll break that down. But let's get into the introductions first. I'm going to start with someone that on a regular basis makes a, a very big impact on uh, the community, not only from the way that he interacts with them, but the fact of, of how he produces his content. And of course, he is one of half of the voices of the incredible podcast that's weekly, the DPS podcast. Slow-mo backslap, welcome to the program. Yo, what is good, boom? What's up, chat? What's up, Crispy and Game Pass Dad? Hope you guys having a good morning. Hope you got your cup of joe. You're going to need it because we're going to be getting into it. And, uh, yeah, I just can't wait to get into these topics, man. Oh, well, it's great to have you a part of the show. And, yes, we are going to be breaking it down. Um, Dreadpool is not going to be joining us today. He worked a 20-hour shift, folks, and he's exhausted. Oh, yeah, so he'll be back next week. Joe, Mr. Bad Bit, um, who, uh, who was awesome enough to uh, – who uh, is who actually just got up is going to be awesome enough to join us, even though he literally just got up. He had a big day yesterday. Obviously, if you missed out on the newest episode of the Trophy Room, folks, he got a chance to sit down for over an hour with Greg Miller from Kind of Funny Games, and oh, that wow. is a big deal. Yeah, he got a chance to hang out with him. He answered a bunch of questions. Broke my heart a little bit about Sunset Overdrive 2, but that's why we got to get Joe in here. We're going to be talking about that, too. Uh, is Sunset Overdrive 2 potentially coming to the PlayStation 5 as, as an exclusive? Well, we'll know as soon as Joe gets here, but I want to introduce someone that's making his grand uh, appearance on the Double Barrel Gaming Network. And of course, Game Pass Dad, how the heck are you, man? And what have you been up to? Good morning. Thank you uh, so much for having me. Um, I've, uh, <laughs> I haven't really been focusing on the uh, Xbox content side of things lately, but excited to work on that some more. Um, normally, I've been I built up the Twitter first uh, with the Game Pass Dad Twitter with a lot of the memes and parody and opinion there. And I've uh, been focusing on Twitch quite a bit, um, but coming back to YouTube, trying to make some content there, bringing back the podcast and thanking, very thankful to be here on such a prestigious and respected show in the community, man. I, I thank you for asking me to be here, man. I'm excited. Oh, well, thank, yeah, well, thank you so much for the compliments. Yeah, I, you know, this... 
this is a dream come true. Uh, this is really a second career for me. Um, uh, and uh, I mean, I always wanted to get into gaming. I always thought that I would make my way towards being a journalist. Right. Uh, but unfortunately, um, I don't like journal. Well, <laughs> I love journalism. I just don't like the gaming journalism as it is, as it stands. You know, it's a very young man's game. It's a very... Yeah. Uh, wear your opinion on your sleeve and it counts more than fact. So I, I decided to create this channel um, after spending some time with Mooch and the gang on Crossfire on Friday evenings. And yeah. uh, then I, you know, started with one show, then two, and now I'm up to four. So it yeah. is a, literally a network, but it's great to have you a part of today's show. And we'll get, um, when we do your outros, we're going to get all of the information of where they can find you and help support your growing platform. Uh, but next up, the best business, oh, the best business, the best voice in the business reached out to me in the DM and said, boom, you have to talk about the coalition. I have a lot to say. Please welcome the chainsaw wielding crispy bomb what's up brother oh good morning what is up chat and panel and uh hopefully we get some more people in here i want to see it blow up when we get to this coalition topic and i can't wait to get into it yeah i mean it's uh it's a big it's a big topic folks uh the coalition is working on a new ip uh some people are suggesting that it is star wars related uh we've heard rumblings that it could be an actual mandalorian game remember you know we did hear that come uh when we had miles dompierre on uh, uh i believe it was this week that's right on monday we had miles dompierre on and uh, we got a chance to talk about zenimax studios getting their hands on a Star Wars license that had was rumored to be a Mandalorian game, but also in that conversation, you know, I, I and I recall remotely saying so. I would love to see the Coalition tackle a new IP, and sure enough, that might in fact be the case, folks. And that is a big deal because you know what? We've seen other studios go from making their standard games to making new games. Perfect example of that is the team behind Horizon Zero Dawn. Now, this team was exclusively known for Killzone. They have three full games under their belt, and then they released a masterpiece in Horizon Zero Dawn. And I believe that the Coalition is the kind of studio that can produce not only an incredible Gears experience, which they're working on Gear 6, but another experience using, you know, that third-person over-the-shoulder storytelling that they're known for. And, quite frankly, they are the masters of the Unreal Engine, but we will get into that momentarily. Folks, as we wait for people to file in, we're going to be talking a little bit about Resident Evil Village. It released last night at midnight. And, folks... Um, if you enjoyed Resident 7, I think you're going to seriously enjoy this game. I wanted to do, before I give you my personal take, and obviously we're going to, you know, there was a, not everyone got a chance to play, so we're just going to talk in general. I kind of want to go over some of the reviews because right now, the last, as last I checked, I think it was an 85 meta is the last review that I saw for all of them. And I kind of want to read some of them, um, you know, give you, give you folks an idea of maybe you're not, you, maybe you, you don't like Metacritic. Maybe you don't go there. Maybe you don't um, know if Resident Evil Village is going to be for you. Did Capcom deliver? Well, according to these reviews, I believe that they did. We have GameSpot gives it a 9 out of 10. They say the sequel to Resident Evil 7 
leans heavily on Resident Evil 4's brand of action, but adds its own sensibility to the mix. We have VGC. That's, of course, our friends at the Video Game Chronicles. They give it a four, point four, a 4 out of 5 and says Resident Evil Village is a powerful monster bolting together parts from Resident Evil's 7 and 4 and more. Uh, the downside of this electrical post is some unevenness and less tension, especially in the relatively weak opening act. Um, WCCF Tech, of course, that's a site that I love getting my information from. They give it a 9 out of 10, and they say Resident Evil Village is a wild, thrilling ride across seemingly every horror genre and idea that happened to pass through the mad minds at Capcom. We have another one comes into us from Games Radar, and they were a little bit, uh, you know, a uh, little stronger with their review. Three point five uh, out of five, a strong start, an okay finish makes this an average out as decent, but not an amazing installment. That's pretty interesting. Windows Central gives it a four point five out of five. It says Resident Evil Village is a celebration of every incarnation of legendary franchise in one slick package. Now, this is one that really made me have a little bit of a head-scratching moment, the video gamer. Now, I've never heard of them, but that doesn't make, make you know, that doesn't make them, you know, not legitimate. I just never heard of them. They give it a 5 out of 10, a 50, and say the this is what, what the reviewer had to say. And I quote, reaching the credits... I sat back exhausted and disappointed at where the series had ended up. And I'll give you one or two more. Game Informer, 9.25 out of 10. Village doesn't pull any punches when it comes to horror, but a consistent rollout of new weapons and tools make it hard to walk away from these terrors destructoid this is the last one folks because there's 50 of them and i only have so much time on a podcast destructoid gives it a 9 out of 10 which is a 90 it's going to be it's going to definitely spark some conversation as to how it stacks up against current its current darling of resident evil 7 and it has a long hill to climb to match its success financially as for me i think it complements it quite well and then some. So, you know, I want to start with a slow-mo on this one. Slow-mo, there, you know, obviously there's at least 50 reviews. And, you know, you can't read them all. You got a chance to watch some of the footage. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Are, 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 are Most of the reviews seem extremely high except for a handful of, of bad reviews. What, what are your thoughts on this? I think that's kind of part of the course. Usually what you see is with uh big releases is there's always a couple of outliers a couple of uh channel or what not channels but websites publications that kind of want to make a name for themselves like they they take like something like amazing like a, a game that everyone loves and they were like two out of five didn't like it <laughs> can't tell you why it sucks you know it's just like did you do this for the clicks i've never even heard of you you know like it it, it, it always happens every single time. It, it, take a game that is getting eights and nines all across the board, and there, there's someone that's going to give it a four. You know, like usually a four is like reserved for like a broken game. Like the game can't even be finished. And they're like, mm -hmm. it's four. Uh, and then they start talking about their politics. And you're just like, okay, well, 
whatever. So it's I I, I kind of expected it. I, I really did it. I think right now on um, the Metacritic for Resident Evil Village is 84, 85, mm-hmm. something, something like that. And I that's what I kind of expected it to be. I, I said this to, to the homie Forte that it seems like and I, I can't really I don't really like Metacritic, but it seems like when it comes to Metacritic that if you have a long-standing franchise, as soon as that franchise drops under ninety, and and its uh, releases, that it never gets back up to ninety. It's always going to be like in that mid-eighties range, and it just seems like reviewers just get they they always have this mentality for long-standing franchises where the game could only be so good because it's. Resident Evil, it's Halo, it's Gears, it's Uncharted. It's like it, like it, it's like it always only hits at a certain level for them, and so it's interesting because I with with Metacritic, I what I don't like about Metacritic is that they weight certain reviews higher than others, and they actually say that on the website, but then they don't tell you why <laughs> they do that or which reviews are weighted a certain way it's like very vague and then they also they also have a thing where for example if someone gives a review of three out of five now to them to the person who reviewed it that three out of five it should be looked at differently than uh, a one out of ten kind of review but they just make that a six out of ten which like math math wise that would make sense but that's not how the reviewer actually saw the game so it's, it's always just weird with metacritic i it, it, i always say you can use reviews to kind of inform your opinion now not really inform your opinion but to let you know information about a game that you didn't know but you really need to look at the game yourself to determine whether this game is going to be good for you or not and so regardless of the reviews i, I think uh what i've seen from it so far the story looks really interesting and i think if you're if you're a big resident evil fan screw the reviews enjoy your exactly. game and have fun yeah you know that that's a fantastic point um you know look here's the thing some some people actually use uh, reviews from places like IGN and GameSpot and Kotaku to uh, to potentially decide for them if they're going to uh, purchase a game that they may or may not know, right? Um, and even though I don't have a problem with that, the, my best thing, everyone watches YouTube for one reason or another. And sometimes it is to see a gameplay trailer. Sometimes it's to see your favorite personality um, playing said game. Um, and if, you know, obviously there, there are certain people that you stay away from because you don't trust their opinion and you don't you don't subscribe to their channel. But my best advice is if, yeah, you can use Metacritic and kind of just guide, you know, get a guided idea of what the, you know, the average overall people are saying, right? And you can then then go to your favorite YouTuber, your favorite podcaster and say, OK, I want to hear what 
you know, Mr. Boomstick has to say. And if I, you know, and, and then obviously if you see my opinion being, you know, a high opinion, you start, you know, going to other, you know, your favorite YouTubers, it gives you a general consensus. Um, but I, I think you're right. I think if you are a Resident Evil fan, there, there really is no reason not to get this game for sure. Uh, game Pass Dad, let's get your opinion on this. Uh, I know we were talking in the green room prior to going live. What, what are your thoughts? Um, have you had a chance to play Resident Evil uh, Village or even get a chance to watch someone else play it? Um, I've, I haven't watched uh, Village yet, but I, I have watched some of the previous ones in the series. Like I think I've watched some Biohazard and um, Six. Um, the last Resident Evil I actually played, the only one I've ever played is Resident Evil 5. And okay. uh, that game I played for a couple of months at the time, like a couple of playthroughs on like the uh, secondary playthrough modes. And I really enjoyed that one, but I'd never really dove back into any of the additional ones. Um, but really looking at this, um, I, I feel like this game and it almost makes me want to consider the last one, like what I've learned about it so far, just seeing how it looks and the gameplay. Um, I've honestly heard that it's more of a uh, action oriented than more of the strategy or the pacing might be a little bit more quick, but that's kind of the gameplay that I, I do enjoy. Like I'm kind of a first person shooter person. Um, so I feel like it might be um, skewing towards that more mass market appeal to a certain extent, but it still seems like it's hitting all the notes that Resident Evil should. And uh, it kind of does get me excited, all the hype that's around it and what I've seen. Um, and really when I, when I look at that review and kind of like what you're saying, uh, the five out of 10, um, kind of grabs your attention and we don't really we're not as familiar with this website it almost seems like they're trying to possibly catch some more attention just by putting a bad review to a game that they know is going to be scored pretty well uh to mm -hmm. be a little bit controversial yeah because um, reading the review like the sentiments of that one when i'm looking through this like it, it doesn't seem like you, there's any real reasons why they think it's bad aside from the story and like the monsters and it's just not scary um so it just sounds like they're mad that it's not a not a different game in the series that they love um so for me it almost seems like it's a marketing play just to put a bad review to a hyped game to get people to come in and check out the rest of the website more than anything else but honestly looking at this and kind of hearing about it um I, I tried resident evil 4 um i wasn't all the way into it but that was when it was uh in game pass i believe is when i tried it and uh, i just don't think it was the right time for me to try and jump in so it never really caught me but I have heard that this one is more uh, oriented towards that style of play. And uh, I, I'm starting to get excited about it. And I kind of want to uh, go back and play seven and get into this one possibly here when I can find time. Yeah, I, I would I would definitely suggest uh, playing seven before playing uh, Village because it it it, it definitely he uh, heavily piggybacks one to the other. And and right. uh, even though even though it's it, Resident Evil Seven does not become uh, you know, Doom Eternal by any stretch of the truth. It, it, it is at its core a survival horror game with a tremendous amount of horror elements that have you ducking around corners and and afraid to you know to turn a corner with not enough ammunition for sure. Yeah. Uh, it does it does allot you the ability to become a real badass with mm -hmm. your shotgun and the different weapons that you can find. So it, it does ultimately give you um, the oomph, if you, if, if you will, right. to take down your enemies, but never fully transitions to like a, a straight up uh, FPS uh, shooter, if you will. 
Yeah. Um, but I def I definitely would uh, encourage you that if you if this is interesting you you know if you're interested by the banter and the community I would definitely say give Resident Evil Seven a try and, and don't try and play it on a hard hard level in, in <laughs> you know initially going through you know an easier level to kind of get you the feel of the game because you haven't played Resident in a while something I would definitely suggest but uh, good stuff dude definitely definitely can't wait to hear the rest of your opinion on the other topics we're going to be hitting but crispy bomb let's let's get your opinion on resident evil village um you know there are there are two types of well there are really a, there are a few types of resident evil fans uh, there are there are extremists like me that if you slap a sticker that says resident evil it's a, it, I'm buying it on both platforms, which I did with Resident Evil Village. I got the collector's edition for the PlayStation 4 slash 5. And, of course, I got the deluxe edition on the Series X. Um, and uh, I am I cannot wait to plow through this. And then when I, my collector's edition arrives, display the, the Chris Redfield statue and then play through that on the PlayStation 5. But, the, you know, that review that was 5 out of 10. Uh, sounded very much like I don't like Resident Evil that it went to first person. I like my over-the-shoulder third-person Resident, and I'm going to give it a bad review. Um, whereas, you know, again, he's entitled to his opinion, and opinions like, you know what, a-holes, everyone has one. Um, it, it, may, it may be that. It may be something else. For you, seeing the reviews, are you interested to kind of maybe give Resident Evil Village a shot? Uh, not really. Um, not because the game's not good or anything like that. I honestly, I, I rarely ever, uh, think of Metacritic as a legitimate source for, for what I want to think about a game. And I generally, if I want to play it, I play it. And if you like Resident Evil, you should play it. I, there's no reason not to, um, especially if you like Resident Evil seven. I mean, most of the reviews, even, you know, state that you know if you if you like that type of game you know me i've played resident evil 2 uh dabbled in the other ones uh more of a third person you know type perspective for me I, i'd rather have that um at the same time i'm not saying i wouldn't pick it up at a discount uh i think my girlfriend would really like this game honestly she uh she beat blair witch which i was just like uh I can't play that game. I don't like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But she she enjoyed it. And, you know, from what I've read, they have toned down, you know, from Resident Evil 7 with uh, this iteration, you know, just a little bit on the horror, which might turn her off in Resident Evil 7 because she got pretty frightened at times in Blair Witch. And I was like, that scared you? Seriously? Like, you couldn't see that coming, babe. Like, <laughs> but, you know, that that's one thing I say, like, it, you know, find people that you respect that re like the same games, you know, like yourself, you know, if it, you love Resident Evil, you'll pick it up all the time, but you'll also give your honest opinion. You know what I mean? And that's, that's what means something because if it's not a good Resident Evil iteration, you're going to call it out. And we, yeah. we know that about you. So that's what I say. I, I you know, you can look at Metacritic, you can take it with a grain of salt, but find, find a Twitch streamer, find somebody that's in line with, with what you like and use their opinion because generally they're going to be honest and they're going to treat those games with care. And I think that's important for people to realize. Like I always say meta who like it, it doesn't matter, you know, that that score could mean Jack ish to you. All right. right? So, right. and, and, and unfortunately people abuse it, which is even worse. Like it, you're just going to put that little blurb and give it a five. Like 
does the game not work? That's basically the way I look at a score of a five or under. Does the game not work? Can you not complete it? Yeah. Um, is it is it basically <laughs> is it impassable? You know what I mean? And for it to get a five, that's ridiculous. That guy, you know, clickbait. That's all that is. Yeah, no, I, I believe in the great. game, Crispy. You ask for so much, man. <laughs> I know the, 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 the absolutely nerve. Should you should you go a full review by beating oh, the game? I say I, I say just play it for an hour and then give you a review. Joe, yeah. welcome, welcome to the program, you. Joe. How you feeling? First off, I gotta I gotta say I'm sorry that I was late today. <laughs> Returnal is Returnal's taking all my sleep. And I just want it to stop. stop. <laughs> I, I, I stayed up again to like 3 or 4 a.m. Just trying to. I'm getting the platinum. I got the real ending. Um, yeah, I'm three trophies away. And so like, I see good. the finish line. Nice. I don't want to start Resident Evil to like get this thing beat. But my my question, since I walked in uh, halfway through this conversation, like a real rude jerk, uh, who gave it a five out of ten? Well, it, the name of the the name of the 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 reviewing site is the Video Gamer. I've never heard of them. Uh, they the give it a five. They, Sorry. Yeah, they give it they give it a five no. out of ten, and basically no. they said, reaching the credits, I sat back exhausted and disappointed at the where the series had ended up. Five out mm. of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. um, the only other question, the only lower review out of all of them was Games Radar. They gave it a three point five out of ten, but everything else that's so good, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, do most of most of the reviews that I pulled, and I and like I said, I pulled us say I have about maybe thirty of them here. Yeah, they're they're all in the high eight, high eights, high nines. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, listen, it, it, it's, it, they're, they're extremists that give it a 10 out of 10. I don't really think any game is a 10 out of 10, to be honest. Mm. Um, but, um, you, you know, Joe, for you, you yeah. know, is, uh, wh- where where does your excitement level go for Resident Evil Village? Um, walking in, I, I feel like the, the exact same with Crispy. I, first and foremost, I walk into Met, I don't even, I don't look at Metacritic at all. Uh, until like someone says something outrageous, and I'm like, all right, I'll click the sign. I'll see what the mean <laughs> man said about your game. But like, genuinely, like I don't care because uh, what Crispy said again, also like hitting the nail on the head is I have my reviewers that I go for for games. Um, so that's that's who I turn to. Like personally, for me, I love Skilled Up. Skill Up is. Uh, yeah, a lot of people do. Yeah, a yeah. Lot of he do. is one of the most thorough. Re- no, he is. He is the most thorough reviewer out there. Like his Resident Evil review was like twenty plus minutes long. I think his Return on one was like forty minutes long. Like he's getting you in the weeds, and he's really telling you what you like. And he he's the type of gamer that I think I am as well, in terms of his taste. So you really got to go with who who. Who's the reviewer that you think you align? It's funny with you say it's funny, most, but actually, you know? I literally, Joe said that. I said, you know, oh, really? you, yeah, no, no, no. I, I literally said that before you got here. I said the, mm. the best advice I can offer is if you don't trust Metacritic or you don't like the gaming media, go to your favorite personality on yeah, YouTube man. that you trust, yeah, and 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 see what they have to say. Because there are some like the Returnal reviews, like. Like I, I just literally learned because I was like, "What? What's this?" I, I just learned like, "What is this?" The controversy about a reviewer not actually beating the game and then giving it a, a score. Like I don't even care if it was a low score, but like that's 
I don't feel like that's right. You should. It's not like you know what is it? Ethan, Ethan, and Roper like go into a, a movie and they're like, <laughs> I watched a about an hour thirty minutes of this two hour film. I think I know where it's going, and I'm just gonna. I'm uh, two thumbs up. You know, thumbs up. So, only in the gaming industry, man. <laughs> only in the gaming industry, and, and then like you get these reviews that are like, dude. It, like the one reviewer was just like, uh, um, she's reviewing Returnal, and then she talks about like Democrats and Republicans. I'm like, I, <laughs> what are we doing here? I fucking reviewing I, a game I, I about aliens. I usually play games to get away from politics, not exactly. bring politics yeah. into my games. Thank what you. is this? What? <laughs> like, come on, dude. I like Jesus. So yeah, that's why. Like, I I don't care about the review scores. That said, though, what I'm hearing about Resident Evil Village, it is. Though with all the like really high scores, it does seem like a bit of a oh, I'm gonna have to wait and see because personally, I love seven, right? Mm-hmm. Seven's my second favorite in the series of which I've played. Uh, followed, I'm uh, sorry, uh, the only one being higher is Resident Evil uh, 2 Remake, yes, and I love those games because they're scary as shit to me, and so when I hear oh, it's more like four. I like four. I just beat four, but four wasn't scary to me, and I feel like that's the essence of Resident Evil for me. So, to me, even with the glowing reviews, when people are like, "Oh, it's more action focused," I kind of feel like, "Oh, that's a bit of a bummer," because I, I feel like the next one is going to be like, "Oh, here's the action game again." Like Capcom's going to trip over themselves, you know, and make another Resident Evil Six oh, type God, of type of deal. Exactly, and that's what that's what I'm kind of worried about with this game. So it does seem like a wait, either though, like even the like skill up. He's like, I rec, uh, I recommend this game, though I didn't like this game, and I and and it was a really, it was a really or it didn't drive with them. Um, it was a really awesome review because it kind of took his feelings of where the series should go out of it. Uh, that said, though, at the end of the day, like. Five isn't a bad score. It just means it's mediocre. And I feel like the biggest problem with reviews is they're afraid to explore the scale. Um, I, I talked to Ains about this a few weeks ago, and he's just like, dude, if you see a six in a game, that doesn't make it bad. It, it's good. That's a That, that means literally good. <laughs> you know, seven, very good. Great, great. You know, nine, very great. You know, and so... I feel like, yeah, we have these these personal attachments to these to these games, or what we want them to do, and we kind of get we we kind of get uh, off track with 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 the scores because if it's to me, I, I think also what Slomo says, like if you know when you make a game that's a, a a game in a franchise, there's an expectation, but there's also an expectation that that review is going to be an eight or above, and that's all I gotta say. Yeah, no, I mean, good stuff as always, for sure. Before we move on to the next topic, we're closing in on three 300 people already here. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and hanging out. I got to catch up on some of these incredible Super Chats. Raiden Blade drops the first one of the day for $5 and says, hey, listening from work, oh, and Game Pass. It's making money, people. Have to understand that you to make money, you got to spend money. Just stop puppet watching. Oh, that's very true, dude. And you know something? You were 100%. My dad used to say it all the time. You got to spend money to make money, son. It's crazy that I hear that. Um, King One Supreme drops a very generous 
Fat Owl Super Chat and says, Microsoft should buy three fields entertainment, burnout three devs, give them a budget to make a proper spiritual successor to burnout three thoughts. I would actually quite like that. Um, I'd love to see a, a spiritual successor, but you know what racing game I would love to see come back and come into the rotation. I'd love to see what turn 10 could do with a project Gotham. I mean, that, that's a, that's an old G, uh, an old school uh, racing franchise uh, that's obviously dead. But I'd love to see that come back in a big way. We have Dan Lazaro drops a very generous two dollars super chat and says, why can't he review it a five out of ten without criticism? Um, no one's saying he can't review it uh, without criticism, but if you hear what he said, it seems very one sentence like. Like, you know, I mean, I'm sure, it, it, you know, you everyone's entitled to their opinion, Dan. I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't, you know, count it as as an important, but a 5 out of 10. It I agree with slow-mo. Basically, 5 out of 10 is telling me the game doesn't work. Um, it, it, at least it, it, I, I agree with him on that. Uh, he drops an additional $2 super chat and says, I loved RE games, but they, f they all feel and look the same. Well, I mean, listen, dude, it's... Um, oh, and Game Pass Dad. Hey, thanks for this, dude. He drops a five dollars chance. Did someone say Game Pass? Indeed, we do. We talk about Game Pass a lot on this program, but I definitely want to get over to topic number two. And Joe, I'm gonna have to I'm I'm glad you're here because I'm gonna have to weigh on you very yes. heavily. Uh, you had a chance to sit down oh. with uh Greg Miller. Sure. And you mm -hmm. said yesterday on the Xbox Factor podcast that he broke your heart. Yeah. And uh, in turn, saying so broke mine as well. And I kind of want to talk about um, Nibble. Uh, he is a sleuth <laughs> that's on Twitter. Um, and you mean, uh, you mean Nibble? Nibble. I said Nibble. <laughs> nibble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, there you go. That's the old man eyes. Uh, I, love so, you. I love you. Continue, so, sorry. So, so Nibel on Twitter spotted that Sunset Overdrive was successfully registered mm. uh, by the PlayStation firm late last month at the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Now, obviously, maybe you don't know where who Sunset Overdrive is or what it is. It was released in 2014. It's an action-adventure shooter for Xbox, which at the time was uh, one of the few games that Insomniac worked on that that was actually on a play on on that was not on a PlayStation console, mm -hmm. and you know you fought you know you fought uh, you know, armies of mutants, and it was a wild story. Uh, the game okay. was really banked on you being able to move around through uh, you know sliding and skating on 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 walls and ra and rail grinding. Once you hit the floor, of the game just basically it was like molasses, which wasn't good, but obviously. Now, Insomniac Games is, in fact, a first-party studio for the PlayStation. Now, obviously, we had um, a confirmation from Insomniac themselves back in 2018 that they currently own the Sunset Overdrive IP and that the original game, though, the on the Xbox One consoles, is exclusive. Mm -hmm. And although the trademark registry, Joe, isn't in, in, in indicative of any plans to revive the game, it does potentially open the door but now we have to then again close that door thanks to greg flipping miller who uh, broke yeah. our hearts why don't you tell us about what greg had to say on the, the the chances of sunset overdrive to actually becoming a playstation 5 exclusive 
It's very slim to none. <laughs> and that makes me oh, sad. Man. And it honestly it does it does make um it does make a, a lot of sense. Pretty much there's um trademark law, everyone. They have to renew the license, ergo they're going to renew the, the license. It doesn't mean they're going to actually use it at the end of the day. Um it's just them trying to just protect their IP. investment yeah yeah mm -hmm. it's their investment so you know insomniac has been trying to get that done for a while now and playstation now that they're owned by it sealed the deal under the playstation name um pretty much the way i got it um or the way i understand it as my memory's working as i just woke up because returnal takes my sleep is when we think about it does that game fit in the PlayStation Studios, you know, slate of games. You know, being, when you, being, being biased, I say yes. I want it. Yeah, I still say yes. <laughs> but, you know, you see a lot of those mechanics in Sunset Overdrive live on through Spider-Man. And I just, yeah. yeah. And so when I see PlayStation going, okay, do I, do I really want to put this old Xbox game on my platform, which didn't sell well to begin with um and, and 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 to see if there's actually a need for a sequel mm -mm, it's not the case so yeah chances of this happening are slim to none that said as well when it comes to the rumor um you know a lot of people or some people have already come out to debunk it saying like listen i i know it's on the ground floor it's not that like it's 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 not happening so I'm a little sad by this news boom because I seem like I'm the only person that really loved this game, and I'm sad it's not it's it's not going anywhere. You know? Well, you're not the only one. Um, yeah, I played through it. I I I I quite I quite enjoyed it. You know what, uh, yeah. Slomo? Let's bring you into the conversation here. Okay, so we we have it on good authority from Greg Miller, who obviously he's a PlayStation guy, so he knows a lot of people. Uh, within the PlayStation, he knows quite a few of them, the very higher-ups. My question isn't if uh, or when anymore, but my question to you is should. Now, we, we you know, we, we, you know, PlayStation was criticized uh, early um, this month and, you know, in the, that led into this early of this month and late last month when they came out and said that they want to focus on big AAA bombs and that the, you know, the, the weird little titles were no longer going to take precedent in the PlayStation brand. And a lot, a lot of people within the community and in gaming media stood strong against Sony on this and actually said, hey, listen, that's what makes Sony great. Don't do this. Because their blockbusters are fantastic. There's no one is going to sit here. If you, listen, I will say this. If you are someone that doesn't like them, I completely understand you. But if you're going to sit there and try and tell me that these games like God of War and Horizon and Uncharted and all of these games and Last of Us are, are just not worthy, then we don't, we're not even going to have a conversation because then you're BSing me. These games, maybe they're not your games, but they're masterpieces in their own right. So we know that they could do the big blockbusters, but they have always traditionally done weird little ones. And a Sunset Overdrive 2 could be a compliment to the Spider-Man 2 and the Resistance remake that we hear that they're making. You know, 
look, I mean, obviously, I I I always uh, make an opinion based on evidence. Maybe that's the police officer in me. But after trademarking this, right, it's pretty interesting that you know its original director went back to rejoin Insomniac earlier this year. And, you know, I mean, obviously that that is saying something. Do you want to see a Sunset Overdrive 2 from Sony? I absolutely do. Because I, like like Babbitt and like you, I really enjoyed Sunset Overdrive. The humor was was, was hilarious. It's uh, it, it, it's just a really fun game. It reminded me a lot of like Jet Set Radio from back in the, back in the you know, the, the original Xbox days with the rail grinding and, it's it's got that 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 trademark insomniac humor that you don't really get too often anywhere else and i think having something that's a little different that isn't a guaranteed blockbuster hit is what makes you unique i i, I liken it to what the way sean layton once talked about a, a smaller game that they made and how he said well you know it, it wasn't going to be a major seller but that's okay like we we knew that ahead of time, but we thought it was so unique that it needed to be done. And I I I don't want Sony to lose that kind of direction when it comes to first party games. That not everything has to be a blockbuster hit. I know they are uh they are still approving of, of first party games. That's still happening. You know, like you're, you're, they're they're still going to do uh newer new IP, but. It seems like that new IP needs to hit really well. That new IP needs to be a blockbuster hit and have like a 90 Metacritic in order to really get really get any further sequels. And I, I don't think that's like that approach is always necessary when you're you're dealing with your first party games. I, I don't think that's always necessary. Now, uh Drew Murray going back to Insomniac, that could very well be resistance. Because he also, uh, yeah, yeah, he also uh, was a director on Resistance as well. So I, I actually do think it's Resistance because they've done some tweets that kind of have. They've done quite a bit. I, I wish Big Cloud was here because he's been following it like a detective. Um, yeah. and, I uh, think it's going to be a PSVR game as well. I really oh, do feel like oh that. God, I hope mm-hmm. not. Don't do that. Yeah, I don't know because, listen, a lot of people, a lot of people, you know. They are big on VR, though. Yeah. They are huge. Yeah, they were huge with the vibe. Like they have or had, I don't know now, multiple um studios or mm-hmm. teams in VR. So if they're able to do something cool with it, like if they're able to Half-Life Alex this game, oh I wouldn't nice. I wouldn't mind it, man. I wouldn't mind it. You know, it could it could in fact be a launch title for the rumored in development P- PlayStation 5 VR. Exactly, dude. One hundred percent. Uh, I I could I could de- listen. I love my PlayStation VR quite a bit. Um, I, I I enjoy it a lot. I I, I don't I haven't used it in a while. I won't I won't lie, but I do enjoy it, and I would uh would love to see Resistance return. I don't want it to be returned only as a VR game. I would be disappointed. I re- Resistance sure. Fall of sure. Man is in my top five PlayStation three games of all time. I absolutely adored that game like it was it's just one of my favorite i just think it was so well done and i cannot wait for a sequel hopefully we you know we will get one but uh let's game pass dad let's get you in on the conversation here again 
you know, Greg Miller basically gave us information that we should not expect one. But my question to you is, do you want to see Sony make a weird game uh, and let Insomnia kind of let their freak flag fly with an, uh, you know, a, a, um, an, you know, a follow-up to what many people, including me and Mr. Babbitt, thought was a fantastic game. Right. I I feel like Sony is the company that can definitely take those risks, especially in the single-player space itself. Um, definitely they have the studios, like the talent with the studio that can do it. It's a first-party studio now. I kind of feel that this move might be more them just securing the IP in case they want to use it, but... I'm definitely all for the innovation of taking it to the next level because due, due to the time frame that this game was made in, like I definitely had fun with it when I played it. I never completed a playthrough, but it was definitely interesting. Definitely had the grinding like Jet Set Radio Future vibes yep. like said earlier. But to me, it says more or less that it is a move to secure IP for a company that belongs to them, that if they do want to utilize it for VR or, or try and give someone the chance to run with it, like, definitely that's the type of innovation that we really want to see in the gaming world because after the last generation like it was sequel after sequel after sequel so of course something that pushes that envelope no matter who it comes for from i would love to see um but there are there is the stigma of how it performed on the xbox and what ended up happening happening with it is it too much of a risk for them because i don't really feel like sony is the company that can necessarily afford to take as big of a loss that microsoft could and i don't think sony's a company that puts good money after bad so um part of this is probably a little bit for a w just in the space of hey we have your game now and there's nothing you can do about it um so i feel like that makes some people happy but of course i want them to make it because eventually i'll probably be able to play it on pc so that's fantastic as well um and i do feel that a move to not every single game being a blockbuster like it kind of speaks back towards like what we've been talking about like the problem with metacritic and the um the criticism that game pass receives is just that the fact that not all of these games get scored like a nine or a ten like everyone just says game pass is full of garbage where i find nothing but new amazing games to play every single day to the point where i have a game pass backlog of games that i'd love to play that i don't have time and that's perfectly fine so I feel like if anything, it could eventually be um, a game that even if it's not perfect, might end up in whatever PlayStation eventually has as an answer to Game Pass or part of like PlayStation Plus. I feel like um, it would be amazing for them to follow up on it. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a fantastic point and re really well uh, described. Uh, Crispy, let's get your final opinion on this. Now, uh, Game Pass Dad said something very interesting. And he said something to the effect that, my, uh, that Sony may not want to follow a game that didn't do well initially. And I, and I have to harken back to Uncharted 1. Uncharted 1 is not a great game. Uh, it is an average game. The shooting mechanics are her, uh, her, her, terrible, right? Um, but we have to look at what they did on the follow-up. Uh, again, in my top five games of all time, Uncharted 2 on the PlayStation 3 is in the top five. It's one of my favorite PlayStation 3 games. I absolutely adored it, and it was leaps and bounds. And I'm talking very high leaps and very, very high bounds better than this original offering in Uncharted 1. They did everything. They turned the dial up to 11. 
And we one thing that I, I hear a lot of people talk about that it's slightly frustrating is well, Sunset Overdrive didn't do good. Well, there's a couple of reasons why. Um, and I and I and I'm, I'm looking at you, Xbox community. Again, not every game is for every gamer, but if you complain about exclusives, you didn't support this one. Um, but we also have to take into account when this game was released, and this is a conversation that very rarely rises to the top. There were only 10 million Xbox ones in the wild. Um, and obviously this is, this came out at the time where we saw the media turn on Xbox based on, you know, some decisions that they made and some marketing moves that they made with knuckleheads and that are no longer a part of the company, you know, good old Donnie D, you know, obviously, um, do you want to see insomniac get a second shot at really you know, taking this game to the next level. I think it's only logical. Um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that unless, unless the IP was uh, just unthought, like thoughtless or anything like that, most games, uh, even if they don't do well in their first iteration, deserve a second one. Um, a, a lot of games usually improve upon themselves. Now, I played a small bit of Sunset Overdrive, not really my type of game, but I can see where the addictive gameplay is, and that's a big deal. Um, it's it's definitely a different game, and I think it definitely deserves something. Um, you know, even if it's down the road, you know, AAA can be anything. I mean, you know, there's some AA devs that have come out with AAA quality games, and you don't necessarily have to put a ton of your team on this. You know, you, you can, you, you know, what, what? how are they going to introduce Sunset Overdrive to the PlayStation community? That's my first question. Because for anybody that has just a PlayStation for like their entire life, they don't even know what it is. So why not give it a shot? And, um, you know, it's just one of those sad things where, you know, uh, for, for Joe, I feel bad because it's like, I really want this. And you just feel like, you know, you just got let down by yeah. your hero. You know what I mean? He's just like, yeah. no, it's not. It's not going to happen. Um, But that's not to say that they can't change their mind. You know, it, at the end of the day, you need games like this. There are so many games in Game Pass that I would have never played. And thank you, Game Pass. And, and mm -hmm. maybe that's maybe that's the problem that PlayStation has right now is that, you know, you know, all these games that, you know, could potentially be $70. Um, is it worth the development cost if you're not going to sell enough of them? And, you know, that's why I hope, you know, for IPs like this, you know, there's, there's a platform, a much better one that they uh, introduce that really can, you know, um, enhance these games and give them a good audience. And I think, I think that's important. That's important for gaming legacy because not every game is is going to be the the huge blockbuster. Um, and a lot of innovation comes from these games. And if we lose that, it would be really sad. I absolutely agree. I I, I think that uh, you know again, what I what I want to see done with this game is give. You know, we saw Ninja Theory right allow a small dev 
to make a very small game. Now, the game didn't do well, right? It failed, right? But Microsoft said it was a passion project. Um, and it, you know, and 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 now it's it's defunct, right? So the 12 people that worked on it, this is what they wanted to put out. It grew it had legs for a bit and then it and it just died. Okay, these things happen. Sunset Overdrive, especially from Insomniac, the way that they make games, and, and listen, we they have made a one bad game in their career. Some people uh will say that the last Ratchet and Clank, not on the PlayStation 4, but the one before it, where you had the four players that made it co-op wasn't so great. And I, I would agree with that. It really it went too far away from what the original that we know and love um was. But you really, you really got to trust a developer like Insomniac Games. And you know what? We know that they're working on Spider-Man 2. We know, or at least we have suggestions that, you know, a resistance fall of man will be coming soon. Could they add another game like Sunset Overdrive 2 to their repertoire? I, I, I don't know if it would be too much for them. But I would love to see it regardless because, again, it's a franchise. It, it allows them to be insomniac with the weirdness and the wild weapons and the wild colors. This is something that we see or we saw from many of the Ratchet and Clanks. And we're going to get in June with, of course, the new Ratchet and Clank, which looks just absolutely stunning. Um, but I definitely want to move on to the next topic, folks. And before you know, before we get into the the the, the, the big gears topic, I, I wanna I wanna talk about um Bioshock because this this is a franchise that uh that people have been uh clamoring for for a return. Um obviously they released the three Bioshock games. Not only are they backwards compatible, but they had released them in HD versions. I played through all of them again. I absolutely loved the series, but you know, we do have absolute confirmation that Bioshock 4 is currently in development at a new studio called Cloud Chamber. Now, the studio includes many developers who worked on all of the previous Bioshock games, but the absence of Ken Levine have left many fans wondering about the future of the series. Now, in a story that I pulled from the pages of GameRant.com, we now have some new information that suggests the new Bioshock may be very different from its previous iterations, and in my opinion, might actually be a good thing. Now, based on several job postings for positions at Cloud Chamber, Bioshock 4 may be going in a very different direction than the previous games in its dystopian sci-fi franchise. In fact, the path Bioshock appears to be going down, based on the article, bears the resemblance, folks, to the recent Assassin's Creed games, which might mean a lot of... Um, of big changes coming to what make many people in the community consider their favorite franchise of all time. Now there is evidence that Bioshock will be adding an RPG style dialogue option in the next game, giving players a choice on what path they go down. Now a cloud chamber job listing for the position uh, is asking for a senior voice designer requested to have experience in designing similar dialogue systems. Now, more divergence uh, based on the player decisions and dialogue options could certainly help distinguish Bioshock 4 from Infinite, which was the last one that was released. 
Um, and a couple, let me just read this last excerpt from the article, and then I'll get everyone's opinion. There's also evidence, folks, that the cloud that cloud chamber could be aiming for a more open world experience through the location of where Bioshock 4 is going to be set, and that has yet to be revealed. A job listing for a systems designer position requested that they have a sense of how game systems connect and enhance one another in an emergent sandbox world. So that definitely screams open world to me. Now, while neither of these job postings definitively prove anything that we've talked about, it certainly definitely, at least again, in my opinion, suggests it. Um, Slow-mo, let me get your opinion on this. Now, Bioshock is a is a, a trilogy that is beloved by many. Now, not, again, not every game is for every gamer, so I'm sure there's going to be people, the near 350 people we have here in the chat, be like, yeah, gay, I didn't really like it. Okay, if you didn't, that's okay. Do you think changing what Bioshock was into maybe a more action open world RPG is something that the series actually needs. I would say probably. Yeah. At this point. I mean, it's, it, you did a trilogy, you, you had Bioshock one, two and infinite. And I, and, and it's, it's interesting because there's always, whenever there's like a, a IP that is uh, pretty popular or has a pretty strong fan base. There are those who never want to change. They just want it to be exactly the way it's always been. And then there are those who are like, yeah, give me something different. Give me something that that's a uh, more modern to what we, we've been playing recently or just something innovative. And I, I think that there is a, a such thing as franchise fatigue that if you continue to keep doing the same exact thing all the time that uh, you're, you're going to slowly dwindle away the number of people who are going to be interested in it. Only the hardcore of that, of that IP of that fans of that, that IP will actually continue to engage with it. And I think you have to innovate. So you have to make some changes and, you know, maybe, you know, Ken Levine not being a part of it is it isn't a deal breaker. I'm pretty sure some people aren't happy about it, but I, I'm I'm interested in seeing where they take it and where they go with it. And I'm not I'm not gonna write it off initially like like some people might. But it's uh also there's there's no guarantee that being different is going to turn out well. Like we've seen some mm -hmm. games try yeah. to be innovative and it ended up kind of like you know with egg on their face. It didn't work out the way they wanted it to. But it's a it's a chance that you have to take because just playing it safe all the time. It, it's it's never going to work out for you. Well, I mean, listen, you know, where do you go? Like, you know, you you had Bioshock one and two, and it was underwater, and it was awesome, right? It, no denying that. Then they mm -hmm. went to the skies, right? And and in some instances, in some portions of the game, went back underwater. Where do you go? Do you go into a cave? Do you go to outer space? So I think they 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 inherently have to change if you want people to be. You know, again, you know, Ken Levine crafted a masterpiece, in my opinion, and I love the I love the trilogy. I, I my favorite still is the original. I absolutely adored it. Played it. I think I beat it five times, um, and quite enjoyed it. Um, but I I have. And again, this is a new developer. Like I've never heard of Cloud Chamber, so I don't know what else they have done. To be honest with you, um, but they are looking. They are apparently um, housing some of the original development 
um, team members from the original uh, Bioshock, uh, you know, game. So that 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 is saying something for sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm excited because Bioshock isn't going to be one of those series that you don't hear from. Um, and I'm, I'm happy that we could potentially get a really good one. But only time is going to tell. Um, game Pass Dad, let's get your opinion on the Bioshock trilogy. Um, uh, did you play the original three? And what are your thoughts on the new information that we have regarding Bioshock 4 being very different than the originals? Um, yeah, I Bioshock, the original, was one of my favorite games of all time um bioshock 2 i played most of it uh i feel like when that came out i wasn't really as deep into gaming as i as i am now or was before and infinite i've definitely played but again haven't really completed it so i've played two and three enough to write a very thorough review um <laughs> but basically i i do love the series um i feel like one of the biggest things about bioshock though is like the ending of it and the whole pacing and the story of it like it really that whole turn changed the uh the would you kindly change how i looked at video gaming mm -hmm. in general just the way they motivate you to move through a story and you sit there and you look at like the whole what makes a man and just the Same. whole experience itself was like such a moving and um it's like a work of art really it it really i have a question for you game past that yeah um what did uh, how old were you when you when you had that you know would you kindly uh you know twist um i think it was i was like 16 or 18 um just around end of high yeah. school there so i mean it might have meant a little bit differently but i was still old enough to appreciate oh um, no 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 because yeah, yeah. i'm thinking of my own memories like i was i think just getting into high school yeah and when i saw that like that literally opened my young brain of going, oh, whoa, right. games could be more than shooty, shooty, yeah. bang, bangs. This is the coolest <laughs> thing ever. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Kind of, it kind of made me appreciate like what an art form it could be. And uh, I feel like Bioshock, the series, out of anything, like the gameplay is amazing, solid across. I know one and two were real solid games and a lot of fun to play and really interesting atmospheres to be in. But the one takeaway that will never leave me uh, that impacted like how I look at the rest of my life even was that moment when you sit there and you realize how you've been moving through this game just at the behest of some random character that you meet uh, after a ride in a submarine and you're talking to him on the radio and you're just like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that right now. Like, that's the thing to do. We're just doing it. And then you're just like, wait a second. I've been mind controlled the whole time without even knowing it. Like, it just it really was a like a twisted like mind mind-bending experience in itself um so i don't feel like you're gonna necessarily be able to very easily recreate that and the question is like how much of that experience because i feel like that was kind of like the problem with the other ones and I, I guess i never got to the point to see if there were big um big moments like that in two or three um which if there were like definitely someone let me know because i i do need to play through them it's just time is not always on my side here because like basically previously just with what i did before this i just wasn't really gaming all the time um but essentially just how much of that experience was just up to ken levine and how much was up to the team itself so if we have like that talented team that can put out these assets and put out that game like how much how much do we have someone that is from that or is it all ken levine's vision and his mind state and his design that really made these games available because um like you said, I don't know. I say take it right back to underwater because 
that is that is Bioshock. Like maybe there's other cities or other things, or maybe even recreated. Um, but at the same time, why do we have to stick to the Bioshock IP just because we have it? Because I feel like being a spiritual successor in a lot of cases and a lot of gaming um, avenues, like I'm thinking like the way From Software works with the the Souls type games, like they've gone from like Demon Souls to Dark Souls to Bloodborne to Sekiro. There is a fan base just for the games that are made there. Like, do we need to always ride an IP all the way into the ground? Even if like, I if I'm not remembering incorrectly, like, I, I believe some of the things that were designed for infinite were possibly considered to be made into a different game, but they're like, no, let's just throw it in here. And we're going to do that because Bioshock is the IP. Like, do we have to always stick to that? Or maybe is it a better time if it's going to really change the way the game plays or, or maybe even make it a different, like, I mean, it could just be a different story to that. Um, those are the kind of questions that arise in, in myself, but I'm always for innovative gameplay and telling new stories and, um really those mind-blowing gaming experiences i feel like they're those are fewer and farther between like i probably have only had like three to five in my life so i'm i definitely am always welcoming of that as well great stuff dude like really i i love the fact that you were able to share how, how, first of all being 18 and getting that um what joe was asking about um you know the question that the the main which naturally became the pro uh, the an antagonist of the whole game which we never i don't think right. I, I don't think anyone saw coming until literally the end yeah um uh thanks thanks for sharing that with you crispy bomb let's get your opinion on this brother um obviously Bioshock is a game that resonates with a lot of people. It is a it is a classic franchise going all the way back to 2007 when it originally launched on the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 and saw a total of three iterations and then an HD collection, which again, like I said, I played through the entire collection and loved every second of it. Do you want to see them return in a big way, very samey-samey, or, or, or are you excited to see what they could potentially do with making a more broad broader world to explore well for me never touch any bioshock so blasphemy shame on me um <laughs> the, it, it's one of those things like at that point in time in the 360 era i was deep into gears uh very deep and the, the funny thing is is that having like very little money like you bought a couple games and this is why i, I really am huge about game pass you bought a couple games and you played them until the wheels fell off. And that's basically what I did. The one thing I'll say is, is as I've seen over the years, games innovate. I think, you know, Bioshock was definitely one of them. Um, the problem I see is that a new dev taking over it seems like a tall order, a, a really tall order. And mm -hmm. I don't know if it's going to please the previous fans and reinvigorate or, you know, establish new fans. And that's, that's always a big issue with games nowadays, especially ones that have multiple iterations, you know, even trilogies is how do you reinvent the wheel or do you just put out the same product and somebody's going to be mad. We all know this. So right. uh, it's just, it's inevitable, but it needs to happen. I mean, there's always going to be somebody that just doesn't like it and that's fine. Okay. But you do need to, you know, bring a new thought process, especially with the new hardware that's out. I think they could probably do a lot of crazy things just from what Bioshock did back then. So 
I mean, I, it should happen. It's it, they haven't been touched in so long. It feels like that it's it's time to you know do something with that IP. And you know, like I said, it still seems like a tall order. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I mean, I, I think one of the saving graces in the conversation is the fact that a good portion of the team that's currently there worked on the other Bioshocks, more specifically Bioshock One and Two. Uh, I know I see some people talking about. Um, that there was innovation in the series when you when they went to infinite and yeah absolutely it was there's no doubt about it um but again i i want to see what they do with this game i'm very excited that the series isn't dead i feel the same way about dead space like it, whenever dead space 4 is announced if if it is i mean we don't we don't know right i mean i i think that we're going to see the same way that we're getting a mass effect trilogy hd remaster i think that once those sales numbers go through and you we know ea they're they're whore masters they love money right once mass effect sells better than some new games that were just released they're going to give us a dead space trilogy and once that sells because i know that i will buy that in a second um they will then maybe consider releasing uh you know you know a follow-up to that franchise again this is all hypothetical but joe Let's get your final opinion on Bioshock 4. Do you think that it's time? You know, obviously, it's been a while since Infinite came out, and this is a new team. Do you have any concerns for the open-worldness, if you will, of the game uh, potentially changing from what we originally knew the series to be to something new entirely? Yes. And I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> so first, I usually, I don't get too nervous when, like, new people tack on to a project. Like, just because it's not the same person that made it or wrote it or whatever have you doesn't mean that thing's going to be bad. You need creators that respect the original creators. I mean, you could just take a look at comic books is a great example, yes. right? Stanley, uh, you know, created so many of these iconic characters, and look, they they live on. And um, you know, like Lord Miller made the best Spider-Man movie with uh, Into the Spider-Verse. That's Some people fact. consider it to be the Spider-Man movie of Man. all Spider-Man movies. It is. That's fact. So, <laughs> so it doesn't. You know, all they have to do is respect the mythos of that property, and they got something. But this is where I get concerned. So, for what I'm aware of, this is a new studio. There is some older folks that, that worked on the, the previous games on this, which gives me a little bit of hope. But when I hear open dialogue and when I hear, you know, when I hear open world, that's not what Bioshock is. Bioshock's very deliberate in the way that they're showing you this world and how they're telling you this world. So like one of the biggest things about uh, Bioshock that I love is the audio logs, right? Yeah. They're explaining mm -hmm. you and they're giving you all that you need to know. They're, they're monologuing you uh, all these, all these moments and filling you with the story, the backstory, the culture of this forgotten place, right? If you do that in an open world game, how does that work? It just doesn't because you're going to pick up a piece explaining the story or maybe you're not, right? Maybe you miss out on that. With Bioshock, it is, it is purposely where they want you to explore a little bit, 
but within their confines. Like there are a lot of, you know, I'm thinking of Bioshock Infinite. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of the environments of like, you know, where they like, there's portions of it segregated and you got to see that and go, wow, this is, this sucks. <laughs> this place sucks. <laughs> you got, you, you, the fear is losing that because what I see from, from what I hear from this is what I hear with Fallout 4. Fallout 4 took a lot of things from other RPGs like like BioWare. But they didn't really do anything other than that. They didn't innovate higher than it. They were just like, this is what these games are doing now, so we'll just do it. Instead of saying, this is what games are doing now, how can we do it better? That concerns me. And at the same time, you know, the reason why I have a little bit more faith in Halo Infinite, because they're doing a semi-open world, right? Rumor has it, it's a one camera shot, um, a day night cycles and all that is because we know that team and we know that leadership. So although it is Halo's adopted child and although, you know, the fondness of 343 may differ on folks, you at least know who's manning the project. We don't know that here. And so that's why as a Bioshock fan, I'm not a I'm not a fan of of this dir- direction because I would love an evolution of hey you know this is you know this is BioWare done or BioShock done a little bit differently but it's going to be familiar and not just caught up with the times but innovating on it so yeah. that's point. that's that's my concern man I don't need not not every game needs to be open world. The reason why I'm loving Returnal right now is because it gives me those Bioshock feels because there's these corridors, these audio logs, and you're just like, what the hell is going on here? And you're constantly intrigued and you constantly like, I want to keep on exploring more. I want to know what the next, where the next audio log is and where the next weird tablet is so that I could read these strange words. Like, that's what this game needs to be. I don't know. Maybe, maybe like if it was like procedurally generated. No, don't different. do that, please. Please, that'd be different. Yeah, you know, that would be that'd be different. Than being, no one wouldn't would not play that game because no? then it would be a roguelite, and I don't like roguelite, uh, which is why I'll never uh, uh, get to Returnal unless it's uh, in, in, in for free. Uh, because after what's been going on with that team, oh, and... real talk, real talk, and I could just get a short rant. Sure, first patch was fine. First patch was excellent. This is the last patch. What are you doing? Oh, yeah, I heard the last patch 1.13 point something or other was not was basically broke the game worse. Yeah, I so for me, what I'm running into, uh, because like I've experienced just two crashes and it's not the end of the world that happens. But the thing that annoys me is in a run, uh, in one level, it's one level in particular, and I kind of understand it because like. There's a lot going on in this level. Like, I don't understand how it exists, but there's a weird audio glitch. And that's, I think, the thing that is crashing uh, crashing people's games, for sure. But again, I love it. It's my game of the year so far. But no. yeah, it's got, it's I mean, got listen, works. Yeah, it, no, it, no, it's no, obviously, it's definitely, it's definitely in your wheelhouse. So good on you for enjoying it, folks. This is 
we're really uh, we're really running through the topics here today because we're already at the topic four. This is the big one of the show. If you if you are an Xbox fan, if you are a coalition fan, if you have been clamoring for the coalition to make something other than gears, and I think this this topic is going to be for you. And of course, the when you talk about gears, you can't say gears without saying crispy bomb. Crispy, we're going to get to you in a second, brother. And we have a we do have a lot to cover regarding this because. There is some really big information regarding Gears of War developer, the coalition, and the new IP that is apparently in active development. And this comes to us from friend of the show and industry insider, Jeffrey Grub Grub. Now, I say that because that's what the name that uh, Greg Miller gave me told us a story a couple weeks ago when he was on about how he got the Jeffrey Grub Grub name. And it is hilarious. But we do know. Thanks to Jeff, that they're working on a third project, and it actually might be a Star Wars related game. Now, if you don't know who the coalition is, maybe you are new to the world, maybe you're new to the community. The coalition, obviously, is an Xbox Game Studios first party um, developer. They've uh, they've only made uh, the long running um, with uh, Gears of War franchise. But according to rumors around the the industry outside of Jeff, the development studio is working on a new IP. Now, during the last episode of of his The Games Mess show, Venture Beats Jeff Grubb spilled the beans about the coalition working on a new intellectual property or IP for short, and that Xbox Game Studios is working hard on um halo infinite which of course they are right there with them if you didn't know that's right the coalition has really sent in the big help the big guns to help finish um halo infinite and of course having them on that team tells me that it's really all hands on deck but apparently the team is not only working on a new installment of gears which would probably be gear six or even gears of war titled whatever not only are they currently helping 343 industries put the final and finishing touches on halo infinite apparently according to jeff they are working on a star wars game now the coalition um, has never done anything outside of Gears. We know that they have now stretched their wings with helping with Halo, and now this rumored project that could, in fact, be a Mandalorian game, which we heard about. This is exactly what Jeff Grubb had to say. I'm going to read both quotes, folks, so stand by. He says, Gear Studio, the Coalition, is busy, in, in parentheses. Um, they are working on Halo. They are helping with Halo Infinite. That is one of the biggest projects the Coalition is contributing to in a major way. Coalition is also, of course, making the next Gears game. And, of course, they're going to do that. But the Coalition is also working on a third thing, and it's likely a new IP. Now, I've heard rumors that it could be a Star Wars thing from out of the Coalition, but I haven't been able to confirm that, and these are rumors that have been kicked around a few different places. That's right. Other, other um, industry insiders have been uh, banging this Star Wars Coalition drum for quite some time. He continues with, so it's hard to track down, but basically I'm not putting any money on that right now. But the coalition is working 
on a third thing. So we'll see what that turns into. It's probably still quite a ways off. And whether that comes out before the new gears, I honestly don't know. Maybe it's in the prototype phase, but they are considering something new. Crispy, you know, you, we have to go to you first. You are our resident gears professional, if you will. This is music to my ears personally. I have been saying for quite some time that I want to see a gear. I want to see these talented developers, basically the, the masters of the Unreal Engine, do something different. What are your opinions on this incredible story? Yeah, so it's it's pretty crazy, like, you know, that this came out uh, recently. Um, you know, the Coalition has really kind of it, it it hit hard for them that you know a lot of people don't see gears five as like you know the greatest title um and it, it quite frankly it is i mean the only thing i always griped about is the open world part and i think they're going to kind of xnay that um the big thing for them right now is halo infinite um personally you know, 200 plus devs, I'm pretty sure in some way, shape or form, they're split into four teams, not three, four. Uh, one is a, a support team. Okay. That, that kind of is going to go around and, and help any, uh, any games that are going to be running on unreal engine five. Yep. Um, you also have a team that's going to be working on gear six. Uh, I think gear six is a lot farther out than a lot of people realize. Um, then you have the team, the 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 question mark team. Um, so Star Wars IP, quite possible. Now, you know they did have a team making a uh, RTS game that was pretty successful. Yep. When when have we seen a Star Wars RTS game? Yeah, you never know. So that would be a new IP. Um, it could also be. I don't want. Okay, but it could also be think about the Mandalorian. Think about the way you know. I want that. That that, that individual. Think about think about the way that individual presents himself. It would present very well in a third person gear style game. Now, not necessarily the same thing, but using some of the systems they already have in place, it would make total sense. Um, And then there's the other team which I believe to be working on either a Gears 2 remaster or the Phoenix collection. Um, This is pretty easy to look at because they have not given any of these games a Series X or S update. They have basically just used the power of the system. And trust me, even going back and playing Gears 3 recently on Community Game Night, the game could use a nice fresh fresh, new fresh coat of paint. And it's one of those things that especially gears two gears two and gears one or gears three they somebody likes one over the other but for the most part most people still think gears two as the greatest one in the franchise and at the least i want a remaster of that and the only other thing that i could see of for that reason is that there are eight maps eight iconic maps especially maps like day one and and Jacinto and Hail and and there's a lot of maps on there that they really haven't touched in in this new generation. So I'm looking for them to really revamp that game. And you know I think because of the size of the coalition, 
they are really able to kind of place people where they need to. Now that's not to say that it's actually five teams because they're still kind of throwing content into Gears 5, but trust me, it's not what it was. Like they're I don't even think we're gonna see any new maps. I think they're done with it for the most part. So you, you have you have four teams is split up whatever way. Now, now if you split them just straight forward, that's 50 people each. That's a lot. Okay. So they are fully capable of doing a lot of things. And I also think that as time goes on, you're going to see them kind of touching a lot of unreal properties and really, you know, they're trying to make these games really triple uh, a quality with the, the huge visuals, uh, everything else. I mean, you even look at this DLC that boom's playing right now, this DLC, I, I you know, it's just, incredible dude you know what i mean and the visuals and you know the way it plays out and the way they they did this you know this is what they're great at and i i think this was more to like prove like hey we're still here you know what i mean we, we still we still got this so you know and it goes back to rod you brought rod back in he really taught some of these newer devs and there was a lot of you know epic games that you know made gears that that went to the coalition and and followed rod and they stayed a lot of them stayed rod left for whatever reason he left and i said that they were going to be more ambitious they were going to kind of bring a new feel a new spin to the game and you know they really did even with just this dlc it it, it felt you know the same but had elements that you you just didn't experience in the gears but also didn't play with the formula too much like that open world part you know what i mean it really it kept itself grounded and and also you know felt innovative at the same time and you know graphically you could say what you want but gears 5 is one of the best looking games out there so, 100% absolutely you know and and that's one thing like they haven't even utilized the full potential of unreal five yet. And the beauty of it is Epic is really making it much easier to, to bring code and everything else over to unreal five. They said it themselves. So I feel like because of the, the relationship that gears has with, with unreal itself, that they're going to get stuff before everybody else. And I feel like they're going to maximize its potential and bring it to these other devs that have chosen to use that. And right now, even with a different engine, they have brought in the, the uh, graphical prowess that is the coalition into Halo Infinite. And that's why I question that article that came out the other day. And I say, when did this guy leave? Because nobody can tell me. If anybody in the chat knows, I would love to know. Because it's still saying that he's he's working uh, with 343. So... I don't know who are you talking about for the, the it's uh it's uh Jim uh, something Lynn I you know he he came out and said a bunch of stuff and it, it was all over Twitter and saying that it's not trying to they're not trying to make an epic game or anything like that like you know oh, you're talking that, about Halo Infinite yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah you, you know and, and if he left before they brought in all this help then I question his his uh you know morality on that situation because you know, if you bring in another 100 to 200 people, we don't know how many people because you, you just hear about the coalition, but I'm sure they have all these other devs that are oh, involved yeah, in this time. right now. You know yeah, what I mean? So if he left before this, then I, I don't know, because if you bring enough people on, you could do a whole lot in a year. I'm just saying. So, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I, I temper my expectations of seeing anything 
you know, this year from the coalition, but it's quite possible. And and I think it would start with taking, you know, you, you take a, a known IP like gears Two, gears three, and you really, you, you put the, the nice shiny coat of paint on with unreal five and release it, you know, sometime next year and maybe have an announcement this year. I think that would be, that would be a good start to, to really, you know, establish them once again as the masters of the new, Unreal Engine 5. No, I mean, listen, they, they, no one can argue that they really do know their craft when, when you start talking about the Coalition and the Unreal Engine. And I am very excited to see what they do with the Unreal Engine 5. I mean, listen, folks, we, you have to understand something. If, you, if you're watching the screen, if you're actually watching the podcast, you're hearing us talk, and you're seeing this DLC in the background, mind you, this is recorded um, at 1080p, right? And it looks stunningly good because that's obviously the only the only way you can record, or at least, I, I mean, on my Elgato, I get it. I, I don't get 4K, which is fine because, you know, that, that, that I don't have a, a beast of a computer. But this game in itself looks already outstanding. And I said this before, and I think, Crispy, you agree with me. Not only is this the best DLC in years, it's the best looking DLC from anyone. And like I said, if you want to challenge me on that, that's fine. We can have a conversation. But this is um, this is another stake in the ground that the Coalition is one of their best studios. And if you missed out on this DLC, I, and if you're not the only way you miss out on this DLC is if you're not a fan of Gears. And if you're not a fan of Gears, listen, I'm not going to say that you're you're wrong. You're just not a fan. Okay, not a problem. But slow mo, let's get your opinion on this, brother. Are you? When you, when you hear that the coalition now this is the, they they've been again very long in the tooth when talking about working on gears, they are uh, so important to Microsoft that they're working on one of Microsoft's has been brought in to help three four three industries with Halo Infinite. Now we don't know what that is. We don't know if that is with touching up everything, making games like this look so freaking good. Maybe that's what they're there for. We don't know until Microsoft will tell us. But when you tell me, at least for me, that um, a Star Wars IP, an exclusive Star Wars IP could in fact be coming to the Xbox brand by this developer, I'm super stoked. But I want to get your opinion on what Jeffrey Grubb had to say. Uh, I, I really hope it's true. I, I really want to see uh, the coalition do something different. Yeah, and, Yes, and, you and, and me both. And and I I've, I've said it before. I really like seeing. I, I call it the the game developer level up, where a game developer may prove their their uh, expertise in a certain kind of game they make, but then can actually switch it up and do something different. We saw it with Respawn Entertainment. Yes, uh, primarily a first person shooter studio with Titanfall. All those devs came from um, from the original uh, um, Infinity Ward. That was doing modern warfare. So they they knew they they were experts at first person shooters, but then they do Jedi Fallen Order, which was a we, masterpiece in itself. Right, right. We see it a, a little bit with House Mark getting a little bit out of their wheelhouse from doing twin stick shooters to, although some elements of those kind of shooters still in Returnal, but a, a third person perspective game. And so when you see a developer actually prove that they can be more than just 
that this kind of studio making this kind of genre, this kind of game, it really shows that they they've leveled up. They are in a different class, separate than from most studios. That I we're going to see, you know, with that with playground game soon. Um, you know, people won't be able to call playground just a, a racer. Just, yeah, they, they yeah. just make great racers. You know, like <laughs> you're going to you're going to be able to see, you know them in a different light with with fable and i i would love to see that with the with the coalition and and honestly if just allow we we see it now with disney properties where sony has spider-man and it seems like uh xbox didn't really have any disney properties now that they're not getting star wars exclusively of course but right. getting these licenses and machine games having indiana jones kind of uh, provides a little bit of uh, a variety to the xbox platform and, and it separates it a little bit from where you see their competition doing so yeah i can't wait to see it i can't 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 wait to see what they have in store uh I, I almost don't want the mandalorian to be it just because if it's the mandalorian i feel like it would end up somehow i just got this feeling like it'll be more like gears and i really want them to just like i don't want this although i i really enjoy gears and high busters is awesome i don't want this to be like you don't gears, want a star wars gears, skin on gear exactly right right i don't want you know you know star wars skin over gears gameplay i want something completely different from them and see let them really like spread their wings and see what they can do you know well, you know, to that point, uh, slow mo. I'm glad you actually bring that up because one of the advantages I think that we have, uh, we're, we're witnessing with Microsoft specifically, and Xbox Game Studios, is before they heavily depended on these games coming out from these developers. Now, with uh, 23 studios and 35 plus teams making games. They can do exactly what you said, stretch their wings out, take their time making the game that they want to make that they and prove to the world that they're they're more than just a gears studio. And I honestly, like you, cannot wait um, to see that because obviously you say something else you touch on. that was important. Sony has Spider-Man on lock. Um and and that's good on Sony. I mean, obviously, that had probably comes with the uh, deal that they already have in place with uh, with Disney and the use of the Spider-Man character. We just saw them make all those deals with bringing all of the Spider-Man films, future films, uh, and potential series to Disney Plus. So of course they're gonna they're gonna man maintain that exclusivity with the Spider-Man character by Insomniac because they you know they're working hard on the part two. But to see the coalition tap. A Star Wars game. My God, dude, that I am very hyped for that. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm a huge Gears fan. But more importantly, I'm a huge Coalition fan. And I have been booed on my own show. People telling me, well, they just make Gears and you should just like it. No, I want them to do more. And apparently they have heard the cries of many others. Why wow, you see that, uh, that body part just fall? <laughs> Fall onto the <laughs> onto the cliff over there. Let's uh, let's get Game Pass Dad in on the conversation. Listen, um, Star Wars just celebrated uh, May the Fourth be with you. Unfortunately, 
at least for me, it was very disappointing. We didn't get any big announcements. I was hoping for an Indiana Jones-esque announcement where they showed, you know, uh, panning over a lightsaber, you know, a lightsaber crystal or something with that to do with the dark side and say, yeah, you know, new game coming from the coalition, whatever. That didn't happen. But Jeff Grubb, again, someone that I, not only did I get a chance to work with mm-hmm. on my last podcast, he has been in the... Uh, the circles of being considered to be very trustworthy in his information for you, knowing that Gears, well, the studio that makes Gears, is going to potentially bring us a Star Wars exclusive. What are your thoughts on that, dude? Definitely, it excites me. I, I'm always happy to see these fantastic studios like expand their wings because, first and foremost, these studios do not get pigeonholed because they only want to make one game. I don't think anyone goes to work for these studios because they aspire just to make um, a third person gory shooter. Like they, there's a lot of people in those studios that want to make more than just one thing. So hearing that uh, they might be doing something with star Wars is another, another level of exciting just because of those partnerships that we're seeing from the power that uh, Microsoft does have, like, monetarily and as an influence there that's great to see um i i really feel like it's probably going to be a mandalorian game because maybe it will kind of be in the same vein of gears of war but who knows what it could be there's a lot of stories in that universe to tell i would really love to see another um rpg level jedi game um because we haven't really had like a single player experience like that since kotor and that was one of my favorite games of all time um, but I, whenever I do see this, I feel like that's kind of what is opening up with the way Microsoft is changing the industry with Game Pass is not only do you get amazing DLC included with like Game Pass Ultimate, you also start to see companies getting more leeway to not have to be money printing machines. They they just have to make content for the service. So it doesn't yes. all have to be uh, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10 games or else we have to start shuttering studios, like especially with Microsoft having the monetary backing to be able to give them the opportunities just having game pass helps that business model just helps make this happen so i'm excited when playground is making fable like that's going to be i i have high hopes for it and i don't feel like any of it's necessarily overhyped but at the same time if it's not a perfect game they're not going to be dissuaded from doing it again or improving upon it whereas if it's ea or activision or ubisoft or 2k like EA is notorious for shutting down studios and Activision just laid off a bunch of developers. So um, it's showing that basically making AAA blockbuster games isn't just um, isn't just about it's not just about that anymore. Um, it's it's more about having that service level. So I, I really want to see more of the innovation, like not just these big games necessarily. I'd like to see a lot more of the stuff that's like grounded where it was like, Oh, this is just something one person was working on, but it's a super interesting idea. Let's see. Let's put all the like, how much did they get for that? They got like a couple million dollars put behind it to bring it to the forefront and put it in front of the whole of Game Pass at that time. Like, let's see more of those small projects even um, get blown up into major releases into Game Pass. I, I feel like that those are really the opportunities I'm excited for. But um, definitely all the above of what's been hinted at so far is very interesting and exciting to me 
Yeah, I, I, and you, you and I both. And I saved Joe for the last part of uh, the last man standing on this particular topic because Joe, mm-hmm. you're one of our biggest Star Wars fans. Like uh-huh. you, you have an X. I mean, a Tie Fighter hanging from the ceiling yeah. behind you. Um, yeah. Okay, so you know one of the things that we've seen with Sony specifically yeah. is yeah. they took the gear, uh, the um, Killzone developers who only yeah. made Killzone. And yeah. allow them the time, money, and the effort and the support to bring us Horizon Zero Dawn. Now, I I, I know I'm, I'm going to get challenged on this. A lot of people don't like the game. That's fine. That's your opinion. I happen to love it. I think yeah. Aloy is an amazing, strong woman lead character. I mm-hmm. love her story. I love how we saw her as a kid. I love everything about the game. I cannot wait for Horizon uh, Forbidden West. I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping we get that at the end of 2021. But Ooh, now no, we're hearing, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. again, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, at E3 we get a some sort of a confirmation from Sony. But mm-hmm. yeah, okay, so now you, like many others, have said that you yourself want to see the coalition do something different, and now yeah. we think that they are. And I think it's more than yeah. just think of it. I think it's basically a confirmation that not only are they helping on Halo Infinite, not only are yeah. they continuing work on Gear 6, they're potentially bringing us a Star Wars original IP that, of course, is going to be an exclusive for Xbox. What are your thoughts on this, and how excited are you to see this transpire? Oh, man. You know, first off, I'm really excited. So, uh, yeah, May the 4th, I I, I want to hit there. It was a little bit of a dud this year. It sucked, I mean, dude. I they, mean, they, they, they disappointed. Sorry. It, we Sorry did get a retractable lightsaber, but it looks thick as hell. <laughs> but it's still cool. That's still cool. And Bad Batch is legitimately great. So, you yeah, know, I'll take, fantastic. I'll take the yep. one. I'll, t- I'll, take, I'll still take the W. I don't care. Um. And as someone who has over a dozen one-to-one movie accurate uh, lightsabers, I feel like I'm the the authority on this. <laughs> <laughs> so, real talk, I love The Mandalorian. It is seriously so freaking good. It's it's some of the best Star Wars content in almost a decade. Let's call a spade a spade. Honest to goodness, it's yeah. some of the best. Yeah, it's just some of the best Star Wars. Because I believe Dave Filoni understands Star Wars, I think, better than George Lucas. Well, he, well him and him and John Favreau basically oh, saved Star Wars. I, I will dare say that. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah, so great. It, you know, it, that's what happens when you don't have a bunch of suits. You know, buy something and then immediately go make it. But we need a game plan. Just do it. Yeah. Um, you know, when you have a plan, it usually works out. Anyway, um, that's it. <laughs> this this gets me so jazzed, man. Because yes, I love the coalition. I think they've done four gears what we want three four three to do with Halo, right? Like, let's be real, three four three at least for me ha- has not gotten a Halo experience where I'm just like, oh my god, this is they got it right. Um, they they 
it's 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 kind of like you know they're the stepdad <laughs> of it you know yeah uh trying to understand the kid but the kid doesn't like him that much because it's not his real pa <laughs> so like <laughs> that's that's the feels i get when it comes to 343 man but i don't feel that same way with coalition and i think the reason is is because they understood and i think rod inf- infused it with the studio of what gear should be and what the fundamentals are that studio is possibly one of my favorites coming out of microsoft um it is coalition i feel has not made a bad gears of war game or sorry uh, yeah oh yeah i did say right gears of war game they haven't like i loved four i liked it a lot absolutely love five they've done it they've been a good steward to this ip so what better way than giving them an ip that also needs a good steward as well like yeah. the Star Wars IP is powerful. It literally is just it's it's your child's imagination gone gone free, right? It's telling these these small stories with these in this huge literal universe. And uh you know, when I think of Coalition and when I think of the Mandalorian and seeing that little Mando on Phil Spencer's uh shelf mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely means something. Uh, it definitely means that we can. It, it, this is past the high, the, the hypotenuse stage. You know what I mean. This is this is more than a germ. This is something that is real. This is something that we that they that they have. So I definitely think it's a Mandalorian game. I definitely think it's going to be. I would love it. You know, y'all go like, oh, you know, I don't want this to be a mando or, or gears game with the mando skin dude if that's what this game needs how like the mandos the mando shooting like like the the mando fight scenes they're very they're they're very close you know frame wise um they're very not to say visceral but i Scripted? you know what intimate I think oh, intimate, intimate yeah, be. intimate's a good way to do it because they, yeah, they are up close and personal. Slow. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So I think that does well with what they would want to do. Also, the thing that Mando gets so right with what Dave Filoni understands what Star Wars is, is that at the end of the day, Star Wars is either a spaghetti western or it's a Kurosawa film in space, and. You know, when you had the standoff in episode four, I believe, um, with him and the other bounty hunter, right? Like, it was like this tense thing that lasted like, like minutes, right? This, this, this staring contest. What better way? And again, I just like to marry things and and make them kiss of just like take a Gears of War game uh, or sorry, take the Gears studio. And then take people that understand a Kuros- what, what Kurosawa's vision is in, in a spaghetti Western um, and then go, okay, this is what Star Wars is. Let's make gang buckle down. I had no coffee. Let's get weird. All right. Let's just get weird. Let's take <laughs> off our pants while we're at it. <laughs> what if we had a Ghost of Tsushima mixed with Star Wars and Gears of War? Dude, I will, what I, if you I, I, will I will sign that up right now. Dude, yeah. Joe, you have to elaborate on that point because it's genius. You know, right? You got freaking hyped. I got freaking hyped. Let's go. You are a lone Mandalorian. You are just a simple man making his way through the galaxy. You are just going from hit to hit, 
going from job to job, something happens where that ultimately shifts. So you're you saying get, a, an entirely new Mandalorian story? Oh yes, oh, a I totally new, yeah. different Mando, different tribe, or maybe same tribe. Who knows? But you're making your way through the galaxy, and whether you're fighting Imperials or Jedi or whatever the case may be, you're kind of getting to carve your own path as that Mando. And yeah, having the you know the cover base shooting that we know of gears. No, right? when you're having those. Yeah, when you're having no. those fire. No, 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 I mean, no. Coming from the Mass Effect fan. Oh, yeah. It is a skin of gears. No, 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 no. Listen, trust me. Trust me, it's great. Trust me, just hang on with me here. Wait, hang on with me here. Uh, but with, <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Babbitt. With, with more of a level lot. design of that of like an Uncharted, where... You know, where there is more uh, platforming focus, where there is more like you using your jetpack, like it's more uh, gears is rather, you know, it's not one plane. This one's more vertical. And then like getting to the final boss and it is like that Kurosawa-esque like standoff moment with you and that other Manda or or other like that, that job. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? And having like that that one-to-one like gunfight or fist fight or whatever have you, putting them in carbonite, like awesome. That to me is cool as shit. And yes, to, you know, it, it, it takes some elements from Gears, but when I'm thinking of a Mando game, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about shootouts, man. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about, you know, the the last episode of Mando, um, him coming out of the cantina and just brawling people, just shooting them in the mouth and all that stuff. Like, I'm thinking of that moment. I'm thinking of um, the one with Bill Burr. What was that? Episode five. Oh, dude, that of was last season. Fantastic, right? dude. Yeah, yeah, where you had the standoff and like they're looking at each other and, and you know, the plan didn't go awry. And you see the officer doesn't care. And like, Bill Burr's like, F it and just shoots them like that's what like it's the tense moments it's the tense moments within the action payoff that's what mando is and at the end of the day just give me what i want don't listen to slow-mo listen no, to me y'all. listen to me do something completely different uh, i don't want to be a lightsaber wielding guy we got that man i want to play years is Different freak, come on! Don't do it! Don't do it! No, no, no! There's no lights, like there's no chainsaws in this one, right? There's okay, no, that's fine. I mean, all right, you know so I mean? no chainsaws, but it's yeah. still the same. It's still the same cover shooting. I, it, it's you can have it. Listen, you can have a cover shooter that doesn't. It's not one to one to gears. You know what I mean? Like you can have a cover shooter that is more like. Um, but but ever think about it. If they did more like where the gameplay is found, they found it around cover shooting. And you're you're the coalition. You know what's going to be like. They're going to use a lot of gears assets for that. Okay, it'll, it'll make the development simpler. Slow slow listen, listen now. It'd be it'd be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say this that that you know the the thought process is is that you know being a being a Mandalorian character. I think you you know you have to you have to have a different aspect than what we've seen from Star Wars games. And you know I think. You know, the coalition, like I said, it, they would probably use assets, but 
I mean, if you played Gears Five, um, there are a lot of elements to it, especially with the, like the knifing and everything else yeah. that you can do, is is a lot different than than what I was used to. And it, trust me, it took some time. I I had many deaths, many many deaths. People were spamming the hell out of that. But the animations and everything were really good. And I'm like, well, you know, you combine a lot of these things, and it starts, you know, once you figure it out, it really starts to be something much different than what you're used to. But I feel like because they have all these assets with the cover base, with the movement, the movement in Gears is is bar none, uh, probably the most ridiculous. And, you know, what better way to be like a loner and, and have like a godlike movement in some way, shape or form, you know, than, than having a Gears movement system in some way, shape or form. Not saying it's going to be Gears, but because of how good you feel when you move in the world, I think would lend itself very well to a game like that. I agree. I, Chris listen, v, oh, yes, Chris v, boom. Yes. You guys are con- contributing yes. to this. <laughs> and it's unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> it's unacceptable. I am standing on my square. I want a completely different game. I want I, I want how about like how about like Force Unleashed? How about like the coalition give us like a more advanced combat style, but, but well gameplay style of like the Force Leech games, where you're you got a Jedi and he's like using his abilities and and, and it's more melee based. Give me something different, coalition. But it wouldn't be a more Mandalorian but game. See, got, that's the problem. It doesn't <laughs> have to be a Mandalorian game that, either. Her, you just described Fallen Order. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I just Come on, make another have force fun game. with us. It's funnier. <laughs> Look at us. We got our lightsabers. It's whoop, whoop, whoop. Mine's is... Mine's, hey, maybe maybe they can do Fallen like, Order better than Respawn did. You never know. Well, you know, I mean, listen, it's funny because we don't even know... Remember, the, the, the Vision um, uh, um, developers are making their yeah, own massive, Star Wars massive as well. Massive entertainment. Yeah. So that, that, that's, that's also big. Look, I, listen, here's the thing. And I don't think that game is going to play like The Division. I, I don't think... <sighs> I mean, a lot of people. I mean, I can't suggest. We have no idea. We haven't seen anything. Look, I'm really? going to say this. I, I think I have to uh, agree with Mr. Bad Bit here. If if you take some elements, not not entirely all the elements. I mean, if you are going to be playing a Mando on you know a, you know a, a new story, a new character that's being made specifically by the Coalition. And you are a Mandalorian. You, you're going to have to take cover. You can't just stand out there and yeah. get blasted. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to. Is it going to be cover based? I don't know. But there de- de- definitely should be something for cover. Uh, you know, honestly, that- what I'm thinking is it's not more. It's not like a gears per se. I'm thinking more of like in the uncharted vein. Yes. I'm thinking third person from them. That's that's what I'm kind of thinking. I, and I know I get- it's crazy, but. It would be cool. The the Mandalorian <laughs> armor, though, also is probably the closest thing that uh, Star Wars has to like a Master Chief. So maybe it could be more of an action oriented. Thank you. Or game, a but, first person shooter. Right? Oh no! I no. think. I think. Why, why not? Why not? Because I I, I, I don't know. I mean, of, we've had we've we again. That's true. We haven't really had a lot of first person shooters for Star Wars. Honestly, yeah. so like I'm thinking of Republic Commando, and I yes. love Republic Commando. You, oh, you platinumed it for crying I out loud. I platinumed it as yeah. well. Um, but the thing with blasters in 
in the Star Wars universe. This is why it's hard to do like a game first person in Star Wars is because there's no movement to those guns. Right. So like there's no there's no slide, there's no release, you know what I mean? Like you don't co- you don't cock black back a blaster, you, it's just there. So there's not a lot of moving things. So it's always going to look if when you're in that position, it's always going to look clunky to modern to modern animation. Um and then coupled with the fact that blasters don't reload, no mm-hmm. one's got that right. <laughs> right. So so why so why do we need to do the gears cover shooting aspect yeah. of it at all? Why? It, it, half of it you're not even using, but the whole like you know hit the button again to get the because you know to get the cool. reload because it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. I, you know what's cooler? Force <laughs> Force Unleashed is cooler. <laughs> Fallen Order is great. We got it. It's awesome. We don't need another Jedi, dude. We got it. Dude, think about it, man. You're Mando. You got your jetpack. You know? You're flying. You got baby Grogu right there. Paul, you got your jetpack. You know? that, hey, that, jet that makes it more vertical. Hey, yeah. like, I know a lot of people don't like Andromeda, but Mass Effect Andromeda's combat was the best combat in in any Mass Effect game. It was the combat was good. It was good. more just, like that. You know, there was some, some cover dare. in there. What what what? <laughs> there was some cover in there, but they had they had a verticality in the name. combat. They have verticality <laughs> in the combat where you could like you know go higher and then slam down on enemies. Like I mean, yeah. you could see a, a Mandalorian doing that. I could, yeah. I mean, listen. I say anything but the gears gameplay. It's always what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 I will. I'll say this. Uh, I I'm happy to know. I, I'm actually thrilled to know that. Um, and, and and you know, we've heard people say that uh, Microsoft doesn't allow them to do what they want. That that's 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 so further from the truth. I can't even begin to tell you. Phil has openly spoken about how he wants teams to make what they want that that's that, that's not that's not even a suggestion that's fact right so i'm gonna say this i i'm very excited to know uh more information we will get um hopefully soon enough i don't know if we're gonna get an announcement at e3 it would be one of those really cool announcements if they show you know they play the star wars music and then the, and then the gears i mean well not the gears but the coalition logo pops up and you know that they're working on a star wars game and they just give you a teaser trailer i would be through the roof excited but folks this has been a fantastic two hours we're closing in on a two-hour mark i have to catch up on some of the super chats that have come in we have um Two from Selbor Robles drops a very generous uh, two super chats for five dollars each. The first one says this: They can't change everything and take forever to make the game. The reason they are making it is because um, similarities between Gears and Star Wars games. Yeah, I mean maybe there's some truth to that, but I think that they just are an extremely talented team that deserves their shot at a Star Wars game. And now that we know that uh, EA is no longer the um, the benefactors of that license, thanks to their f ups, um, we now you know we, we you know we, there's going to be Star Wars coming from a multitude of very good developers, and I'm happy to know that the Gears guys and gals over at that studio are going to get a shot to tell a new exciting Star Wars story. His second super chat says Cyberpunk is all different, um, and they haven't been able to fix it. Halo infinite having to be a delay last of us to use some of the staff but better i mean listen at, at this point again i i want to keep reiterating this point microsoft is in a position that they have never been before and what am i talking about 
I'm saying that because they have so many teams, because they have so many development houses, a part of Xbox Game Studio, they don't have to rush through these games. We know what's coming out in the next two to three years, right? We know Avowed is coming, right? We know Halo Infinite is coming. We know that two new forces are coming. We know a bunch of other games. A Fable will be here, hopefully, at the end of 2022, potentially the early 2023. We know Perfect Dark may may see a release in holiday of next year or potentially you know swap places with fable so we know what they're doing relatively soon plus of course they pulled us and i keep saying this a page right out of sony's book they're the, because they don't have the first parties right now today that we're talking about they are heavily investing in getting second party and third party exclusives specifically onto xbox game pass like i said if you're an xbox fan there's a lot to get excited about now and in the future. But folks, this has been a fantastic show. We had over almost we had over 400 people here, which is awesome to have that many people tune in for this small program. Pixel Bit G, who's a good friend of the show, he drops an outstanding two dollars. Superton says, "Mandos use swords, guns, rockets, and jetpacks. Oh my, yes. Well, I added the oh my, and yes, I think uh, that we we can have an amazing game. But let's get to the outros. I want to start with our guest, Slow Mo. Listen, brother, I tell you this all the time, and I mean it from my heart. Uh, I consider you to be an extension of my family, and I gotta tell you, you're one of my favorite community members for a lot of reasons. Uh, one well, of which is how you, as a man, handle yourself." On the interwebs, you are a gentleman, and of course, you will, of course, put that backslap logo to good use on several people that deserve it. But more importantly, <laughs> as a content creator, what you've been up to on your channel is spectacular, and what you do with our brother um, on DPS. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Gaming Forte is a show that I think everyone needs to tune into. Tell everyone about that show, and where can people reach out to you on social media? Oh, absolutely, Boom. Thanks again for the invite. It's always a good time on Breakfast with Boom. Uh, great great uh, panel and great chat as usual. Uh, you can check me on my YouTube channel, Slow Mo Backslap, as well as Twitter of the same name. Check out last night's DPS podcast on Game of Forte's channel where Forte admits that he takes credit for his, his daughter beating games <laughs> can you believe that i mean a good grief I, 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 and he was loving words all night i couldn't tell what he was talking about it was hilarious so like, go check that out he just maybe he had a long shift you know what i'm saying maybe he was just you know he just the GameStop uh demons beat him down last well, night but forte flips words all the time if, it, if it's a long shift issue it's this is this is it's become permanent and i don't know what's going on with he's been him. working overtime too much what you're saying yeah yeah i'm trying to take credit for his daughter though it inexcusable of course i didn't i didn't let him get away with that but anyway of course you did uh, well you know um, this is this is your revenge for him making you play bug snacks for 19 hours oh exactly right <laughs> <laughs> i actually don't even think that's good enough i need to get, get him back for something else too to, to make up for that but anyway um uh check out check us out on tvs podcast next week we're going to have a special guest coming through can't say who it is quite yet but it's going to be somebody who's pretty big in the industry so come check us out uh on my channel 9 p.m thursday nice. night and uh hey you guys have a great weekend enjoy your games 
Well, thank you so much, brother. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be shutting this uh, podcast down and running right back to Resident Evil, which is uh, waiting in the, uh, in the wings. But I want to introduce um, our next uh, special guest, Game Pass Dad. I hope you had a great time. It was great to have you a part of the show. I want you to do me a favor and tell people what you got going on and where can people reach out to you and strike up a conversation on social media? Yeah, most definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, this is a great experience. I, I definitely want to work on creating more content focused on Xbox because that is where my passion lies. And it's been a great journey um, combining my experience as a stand-up comedian for 10 years. And oh, wow. my love of gaming is really what this project has been about. I've always wanted to do something with that. And it's been it's been awesome ever since I started back in August with like the Twitter and also str- live streaming to Twitch. Uh, you can find me um, on all social media underneath Game Pass Dad, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. Uh, mainly, I'm focusing on uh, Twitch right now. You can see me live Wednesdays and weekends. It's kind of a more of a variety stream, somewhat comedy focused, and I'm trying to find a way to bring the Xbox back into that. But uh, primarily, I'm bringing more focus back to my YouTube channel. Um, where I know you have a show Monday Monday night. So if anyone's watching this, you can always check me out afterwards uh, or watch the the videos that I post of my podcast um, every Monday, um, which is an Xbox-focused podcast. And there's going to be more content on my YouTube channel as well. Um, but yeah, uh, Saturday night, we're actually celebrating some milestones in the community. And uh, my community on uh, Twitch decided that I, I needed a mullet. So we're having a marathon stream celebration. <laughs> Uh, Saturday Ooh, night. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a fun. Business up front, party in the back stream. I love yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, it. Uh, around great. 6 p.m. Eastern time, we're going to get that started. And we're going to be going all night because uh, I'm finding some rare time to be able to have a marathon there. But um, yeah, come come hang out. Come say hello. Feel free to reach out to me. You can send me an email, gamepassedout at gmail.com. Whatever you want to do, you guys are welcome to come interact with me. Uh, probably find me most active on Twitter where I post my memes and uh give some friendly razzing towards the PlayStation Sony side. But uh, honestly, finding myself being a more more of a PC gamer these days just with what I've done. So um, I really appreciate being here and I appreciate everyone that uh, gives me the time of day to share my opinions and uh, <laughs> even talks back against them. It's all fun and I appreciate y'all. Well, thank you much for being here, brother. Definitely uh, enjoyed your uh, uh, having you on today's show, and they're definitely going to get you back in the future. Yeah, Crispy Bomb, why don't you tell us what you got going on? Obviously, you know you're going to be doing your Gears of War dance knowing that we're getting a Star Wars game from this team. Tell everyone about where they could reach out to you on social media and what other shows you are a part of. Oh, shout out to the chat. And of course, you guys, uh, awesome conversation. Uh, and it was just fun to just speculate. But we all just need to see. And I think it starts with Halo Infinite. How is that? Gonna oh, work? yeah. You know what I'm saying? But at Crispy Bomb on Twitter, Crispy Bomb 28 Xbox Live. You can find me on Retro Renegades Tuesday nights, 7 p.m. The next podcast, 8 p.m. Thursdays, prime time. And we got, uh, yes, of course, back here, Rex with Boom. Friday, 10 a.m. Well, thanks for being here, brother. Definitely appreciate the opinion. And of course, you brought it 100 as always. And last and no way least, uh, Joe, again, Ooh. I want people to gravitate towards your PlayStation podcast because I think it's the best in the business. And I would even dare say that it gives Craig Motherflippin' Miller a run for his money. <laughs> Tell everyone where they yeah, can man. check out the trophy room with you and yeah, your man. best friend, Kyle. And where could people reach out to you on social media? 
Oh man, you can find me over at Mr. Babbitt. You can find the show at PS Trophy. Also, by the way, gang, I'm having this. I'm having this fight with Luke Lore, as always. I say PS Trophy Room sounds better than Trophy Room PS. Right, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, it sounds better. You get PS up there, you know it's PlayStation. It was like Trophy Room PS. You're like, oh, no, no, no. It's like, come on, Luke. You know, I I know a thing about a branding. Anyway, uh, this week's episode's pretty special. It's one that we've been working on for the past almost five months now to get him on. Oh, we got Greg Miller on the show. That's big of, deal, uh, of, of kind of funny. And let me tell you something. When he got on, because he's just like, there was complications on his end. He's like, we do not have a lot of time. So it was, it was a like trial by fire. It was like, Joe had to like, usually I'd like to sit down, especially if it's someone like I very much look up to and I need to settle my nerves. I'd like to sit down for five, 10 minutes and kind of like realize they're people. And then we can start the show. We had no time to realize Greg Miller was people. So <laughs> as a huge fan of his content, it was so funny. Cause I was just like, all right, Greg. So have you ever heard of the show called beyond? <laughs> I'm like, same vein as that classic beyond. Okay. You like that? All right, cool. Let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> That's great. And we started the show like that. He's like, yeah, I think yeah. he's like, yeah, I think I know. Yeah, the Jonathan Thornbush, he's he's a pretty good guy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, pretty much like that. All right, let's do this. So, yeah, you can find that show. Uh, we got Greg Miller on. We talk about the future of PlayStation. We talk about uh, the Apple v. Google Doc leak thing, courtroom case, all that stuff and more. Um, honestly, I was so nervous the first five minutes. You You definitely see it. Like I talk a mile a minute, <laughs> but eventually get my my stuff together. So go over there, check that out. Um, it was really that that was a moment. That was a moment for sure. Uh, so yeah, check out the trophy room on YouTube, on wherever you find a podcast service of choice, uh, or on the pin tweet at Mister Badbit. That's nice. It. That's all nice. I got. Well, well, dude, it was great to have you back on the show. Love what you did with Greg. Can't wait to see Thanks, what else man. you got going on with the trophy room. And oh, added- yeah, there's more. Like, there's more stuff happening this month. Like, nice. You thought like that was it? Like, nope. <laughs> so nice. it's gonna be nuts here, man. Well, listen, we look forward to it, Joe. And, of course, I want to thank everybody that dropped the Super Chat into the chat today. Uh, the continued support is incredible. Uh, and I honestly say this all the time, and I truly mean it from my heart, is that uh, I, I expect nothing. And it's always humbling that people take money out of their wallets to support my dream. And I hope that I'm uh, providing the class act entertainment that you get that you would expect and i do it with of course uh a lot of love and care which is why so much work goes into these topics hopefully you enjoyed today's show do enough to not only subscribe if you're new but hit the like button and help us beat down the algorithm known as youtube um but of course uh thank you so much for being here i'm going to close out today's show with something that's important to me hopefully one day it'll be important to you and that's something that my dear old dad taught us when we were kids and he used to say this son treat others how you want to be treated and also it doesn't cost anything to be nice you live by those rules and i can guarantee you you're gonna have an awesome day so take care everyone we'll see you next week on the newest episode of breakfast with boom